You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Amanda. Hey, it's Grace. And hey, it's Chelsea. Uh, Today we are going to do... Uh, another bonus episode for Thanksgiving. This is a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Hope everyone is doing well. Um, this one isn't as graphic as the one we did for Halloween, but it's still pretty sad. God, thank God. Yeah, that one was rough. Sorry, guys. Though for Christmas, Amanda has a great one coming. So can't wait. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah. bad. We'll take a little low on this one and then ramp it up back for Christmas. So this one is about Jashan Ahmed Patton. Now I want to say I'll probably mess up some of the names. I'm sorry uh, in advance. I know some listeners get upset about that, but I try my best. We're human. Exactly. He was an 18 year old from Philadelphia and he honestly just had so much potential. I, there was, I mean, because this was uh, semi-recent, it happened in 2018 so there's like a lot of videos and pictures of him and he just looks so freaking bright in the videos and he's just, no one has anything bad to say about him. And it was kind of really rough for me because um, he seemed like such an amazing person and he did have so much potential and a bright future, but it was taken way too early and it was on Thanksgiving night in 2018 and the person who killed him didn't even know him. And it was, and it's on Thanksgiving, a day that we're supposed to celebrate our blessings. Like how, just how can we be so cruel? Thanksgiving Eve is like the worst. I would dread working it on the ambulance because everyone's drunk and everyone's Uh, driving. And I don't know if that's the case here, but it's just a really crappy night. It's crazy the days surrounding Thanksgiving because there's Wednesday where everyone is drunk and then Friday where everyone's trampling each other. (laughs) God bless. But we're giving thanks in between. Well, I'm, That's all that matters. I'm pretty sure I read that uh, uh, the day before Thanksgiving is the most highly uh, drunken day. I don't know where people drink the yeah. most. Yeah, the most mm-hmm. DUIs. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really bad. We actually at my work had to have like a talk about it every year. At most of my jobs, they have a talk about like being safe, like get a designated driver, blah, blah, blah. Um, we just don't even go out anymore. I don't blame you. I I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm a babysitter and actually between New Year's Eve and the day before Thanksgiving, I, I swear there's more families looking for care the day before Thanksgiving than they are before New Year's Eve. And I, I used to, because I needed the money like a lot when I was in college, but now it's not even worth it. I've seen too many accidents. People post about it, like just driving home, trying to get home and just people driving drunk. It's not worth it. But anyway, don't drink and drive. Okay. Yeah. But this one is definitely, it's not about that. Um, it's just about an awful human being. So Deshaun, he was born April 12th, 1999. His mother was Maxon, and his father is Quinn. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, so I am so sorry. He has a brother named Nadim and a sister named Amaya. His mother says his name stands for God is the center of all things. The family lived in Philadelphia, and Jashan went to Boys Latin of Philadelphia Charter School in West Philadelphia. Everything that I read, he was so dedicated to this school. His mother said he would be up late until 2 a.m. working on homework. If things done, he'd play video games. He liked writing plays. 
And even though he'd be up late, he would still leave on time to catch his bus at 6am. And it's one of those things where I think he had to catch a couple buses to get to school. So he was very dedicated. And then not only was he involved with like making sure he had like top grades, he was a defensive back for the football team. And his goal was to play football in college. And when I think of kids being involved in sports, I always think of like that family being big in sports. Like my sister, her kids do hockey. My brother-in-law is a huge hockey player. They all do it. All of them. But Maxon said that none of them in their family ever played football. That basically he was just a ball of energy and she needed him to take it out somewhere. She threw him in when he was younger and he thrived. So he loved football. It was a big part of his life. Well, he seemed really well-rounded in general. Oh, yes. I mean, doing like theater, good grades. Oh, yeah. No one had anything bad to say. And you'll see at the end because there's like, I don't want to say like, like highlights, but there's a lot of good that came out of his death. If that, I mean, is silver lining. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was a very good person. He also was in two plays that the high school had put on and there is a picture of him in one of the plays and you can just see his intensity and brightness. Like it was insane. He had a beautiful smile and a huge sparkle in his eyes. And I'll post this picture on our social. Now in school, he held a GPA of 3.5 and he had recently been accepted into multiple colleges. He got the acceptance letters. And I don't think at that time he had picked which college he was going to go to. And not only did he contribute to his school, he worked very hard in his community to make it kind of a better place somewhere where he, you know, wanted to be. He had coached kids enrolled in a Christian flag football team. His mom said that he really enjoyed it, that he found, um, one of the kids that he, you know, helped with was struggling really hard. And the kid thanked him so much after like, I guess the end of their like season. And he just felt so proud, I guess that, it was him who was able to help him. So I thought that was like super sweet. And not only did he have those interests, he loved rap music. He even had created a couple of tracks, uh, which were put on SoundCloud. And uh, overall, he was just a great human being. And his mother thought he was destined for greatness with his talent. And with such a great personality and the hardworking mentality, I can definitely see why she thought that. Now for college, he expressed interest in psychology, but one day he told his mother he planned to be a dentist because they get paid a lot of money and they help people smile (laughs) nice. Aww. (laughs) Yeah. Which I thought was funny and had to include it. That's so sweet. Yeah. On Thanksgiving weekend, he wanted to celebrate with his sister on his dad's side to share the news of all of his acceptances. Maxon dropped him off at 20th street station with no worries in the world. Never in a million years would she think that this would be like the last time she saw her son alive. And he was headed to Harrisburg. That's where his sister lived. My neck of the woods. Yes. In an apartment complex on the 18th hundredth block of state street at two 30 AM Tamika Baxter was talking to her audience on Facebook Live about relationship topics in black communities. This video has been shared and you can find it on YouTube. I watched it and you can just hear her talking to, I guess, whoever. And then out of nowhere, you hear nine distinctive gunshots, which I will say all of them hit Jayshon. Um, but oh she God. had kept recording after hearing this and you can hear her tell her, child to go to the bedroom. And when you're listening, you can clearly tell that this is a toddler just from like the sounds that they're making. And like, why the heck is a kid up that late? 
I don't know, maybe up to feed, but I mean, I don't know. I thought that was weird. And not only did she tell her kid to go into the bedroom, she decides to walk out into the hallway. Uh, and all you can hear is like this really loud beating rap music. Um, and it's completely dark in the hallway, which to me, um, there was red signs. Like, aren't they supposed to have like light, like in hallways and like entrances and stuff? You'd think. But you can see. Yeah. And you can see she's walking down the hallway with her door open and her kid inside after hearing nine gunshots. She's just strolling down the hallway. That's like a real life horror movie where you're like, no, don't go in there. Yeah. Like, why? The area is not that great of an area, so it might not. It might just. I don't want to say not scare her, but she might be used to it's it. It's not a very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that great of an area. You can hear her on the live stream questioning if those were gunshots or what that was. And she kept saying, are my neighbors fighting? What's happening? And instead of just calling 911, she just wants to investigate. And then you can hear this um awful desperate begging from someone calling out to call 911. And it wasn't like her immediately being, okay, I'm going to call 911. She asked like six times, you need me to call who? 911? Are you sure you need 911? And it was, it was like the strangest thing. And then I guess she knocked on the door and I guess when it opened, that's when she turned off Facebook live. Cause I guess she realized it was like a real like thing. Oh my God. Yeah, and it's just hearing the person, like, screaming for help was is really awful. <laughs> and it's still out there? Like, it's still Oh, yeah, you online? can still see it. Mm-hmm. So wow. many people. It has so many comments on it from people bashing the shit out of her. Like, how could you leave your kid, have your door open, not knowing what's going on? Um, which I agree. Like I would not leave my kid. I'd go with my kid and call nine one one. I don't know. Maybe if I was like a paramedic or someone that could actually do something, yeah, I'd probably go. But <laughs> no, Amanda's no, like no. Nope. You don't. No, that's when you call for PD and you stage, as we call it, and stay down the street. But like the fire department is literally two blocks away, so it's not like help wasn't too far. Yeah. But again, like given that situation, they're not going to come barging in because there's somebody who shot somebody. Yeah. And she did end up finally calling for help. Um, and she had gone into the apartment. Uh, she later said that she was kind of the last person to really talk to him. She was comforting him, you know, stroking his face, telling him everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And she, she said that he was lying on top of tons of children's clothing and she, she really thought that I guess he was going to live. And she was kind of like really upset saying fate made me a liar because she had told him that everything was going to be okay. She did not know him, but she says that his face lives in her, like lives in her mind. Like she's not going to forget that. How could you? Yeah. Yeah. Now he was pronounced dead at the scene. Um, and it was in his sister's apartment that he died and he was not alone in the apartment. There was, um, another person in there that was desperately the one calling for help. Um, but investigators wanted to disclose who it was. And even I've tried searching, couldn't find a name who it was. I guess there was like a small little get together. And I think there was a couple other people there too, but in all the reports, like I really 
can't find who who exactly were like if the sister was there i don't know why like especially since it's like solved and it happened so long ago i don't know why um but police were led to believe that the shooter was Derek Lorenzo Butler from North Carolina. Again, I tried so hard to figure out how they got to that conclusion. The only thing I could think of was that someone that was in the room who saw him knew him. That's the only thing I could think of. I tried so hard to like look for like his court records or anything. There's like nothing. I don't know why. <laughs> was he a minor? No. No. Mm-mm. There's a lot of, like, out-of-town people North Carolina, and he was from Philly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't find much information. I don't know if it, unfortunately, is because, like, um, Jayshon was, like, black and living in a poor neighborhood, and this was not in a good neighborhood. Um, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But anyway, um, Derek ended up fleeing the area. He was on the run for about roughly two weeks. He was apprehended by the U.S. Marshals Western PA Fugitive Task Force and city police after local authorities were tipped off about his whereabouts. Derek had ties in the area and was hoping for a good hiding spot. When they apprehended him, he went without any incidents, and he was found inside a bedroom closet in an apartment complex in Johnstown, which is about two hours, two, two and a half hours from uh, Harrisburg. Police were not able to get a motive out of him. He did not know Deshaun at all. And I could not find anything. I've tried searching, searching, couldn't figure out like what could have gone wrong at all. Um, which really just sucks. <laughs> like, I mean, death in general sucks, but like not having a reason, like why? I wonder if it was over like a girl or something. I don't know. That's like the only something thing that stupid. would come to my mind that like could maybe like really trigger someone that doesn't even know you. Like yeah. t- he was talking to this guy's girlfriend or some like at the party or something stupid like that. But I know that like random stuff happens all the time when I was in. So I went to school in Philly and one of my roommates, she was walking to school one day and she got punched in the face. She didn't know the person. She didn't say anything to the person. She was wearing headphones. This guy just punched her in the face and kept walking. That's the wildest story that you've ever told me, I I think. Oh, I think I've told you that before. Yeah. And it's just like, but why? (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't get it. Um, so like, I guess like random things can happen and just people that are, you know, off the rocker have like terrible ideas. It'll happen, but it still just sucks. Could have had like a psychotic break or something maybe. Well, yeah, you're right. There could be a number of reasons. So Derek was at the apartment and it was during this holiday gathering and I couldn't tell if like from the way that it was worded in like the website I was on, if the holiday holiday gathering meant like they were actually having a couple people over at that time, or if it was just because she had invited a couple people over that holiday weekend. And that's why Deshaun was there. So like, I couldn't figure that out either, which was really irritating. But another article, only one article said that a witness narrowed it down to him. So at the time of the shooting, he was on probation from a 2015 conviction for aggravated assault from Philadelphia, where he pleaded guilty for immediate parole and house arrest. And then for the shooting of Deshaun, a Dauphin County judge, Deborah E. Cursillo, served a 25 to 50 year sentence. And he pleaded guilty to third degree murder and a gun possession charge. So like stupid freaking question that I'm going to have. Um, does that mean he has to at least serve 25 years and then ends up for probation? Is that basically what that means? 
I think it means he's not eligible for parole at least until 25 years. That's what I'm pretty sure. But, but he I just could serve to, to 50. I That's kind of the idea I have. I guess if he, like, uh, got the probation correct, depending on. Yeah. So, yeah, a dumb question. Now moving on. It's not dumb. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of listeners have the same question and... Yeah. We're not lawyers. We learn as um, we go. Yeah. So after Deshaun's death, his mother, Maxon, created the Jaw World Memorial Scholarship for youth football players in Philadelphia who get good grades and demonstrate leadership skills on and off the field. Every year around his birthday, Maxon raises money through a bowling event to give scholarships of 100 to $500. She says it's a way of giving back, number one, and number two, I know how expensive football can get. And I do also understand that football keeps kids out of trouble. So if I can help and give money to a child to be in that, I'm all for it. She claims she knows that Jashan is proud of her for setting this up because he loved helping people even if he was having a bad day. If you would like to donate to this amazing scholarship, you can go to jawworld18.org and donate. You can do a one-time donation or set up monthly, quarterly, or yearly donations. You can set the amount at any monetary value as well. Can we put that like in the show notes or sure. on the socials? Yeah. yeah. What a shame. I mean, he just sounds like such a great kid and he was just like right at the beginning of his life. Oh, yeah. So well, not, really sad. It is. And not only that... uh Another student at Boys Latina, that's not right. Another student at Boys Latin of Philadelphia, Melvin Floyd, started a senior project in 2018 about gun violence. That year, not only was Deshaun killed but by gun violence, but another student was too. Then in 2017, there was another student who had been killed by gun violence. Melvin said, everybody I know personally has lost somebody. Like, that is a very heavy comment coming from basically a kid. He created Our Philadelphia, a documentary that puts faces on the less obvious victims of gun violence, friends of the deceased. There is a stereotypical masculinity scenario where boys are tough with no feelings. This 15-minute film caught the attention of Nora Gross. The 15-minute film caught the attention of Nora Gross, a sociologist and documentary filmmaker. Gross scored $6,000 allocation from Penn to produce this project. It is a bare look at young male school community discussing these losses. Gross's research focused on how black teenage boys mourn their fallen friends in school context, and this project solidified her findings. People want to talk about their grief. They want those spaces, and they want to be asked. Apparently, there is not much research on how loss affects friends. Melvin had help from two other classmates, Elijah McFarland and Kashmir Alston. When they had their features in the film, Elijah recounts losing 11 loved ones he'd lost to gun violence since his year in seventh grade, and Kashmir listed five. Damn. Yep. I mean, they were kids. Seventh grade and to 12th grade, that's only five years. Yeah. 11 people. Elijah was also quoted saying, how can you look forward to a lot of stuff when you got friends dying left and right? That starts to make you question, am I going to make it to 18? Am I going to make it to graduation? So that sucks. It's also sad. It is sad. All of it's sad. And um, I watched, um, there's a couple like small little documentaries that um, the family kind of put together. And Maxine, the mom, said basically that the way she raised her kids is to take the positive out of everything. And that even though she lost her physical connection with her son, her, I guess, as she put it, her soul connection or 
I forget the exact word she used, is just getting started. She feels so connected with him. They did, um, the football team had this huge championship and that was documented and they were talking about Deshaun the entire time and they think that he's the reason why they won, that he was looking down on them and just everyone still feels that he's still with them. And I mean, I guess that's one good thing. I mean, no one's forgetting him at all in that community. Well, that is good. Yeah. So that is the end on this bonus. I wanted to have kind of like one that had some good stuff that happened as well, since it is for Thanksgiving and it, and the one, um, the one place you should definitely donate, even if it's just $5, because it's going to help a kid in need in Philly. And I know me and Grace live near Philly. Um, so just consider donating. Happy Thanksgiving. That's all we have for this episode of Keystone Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by Chelsea Brown. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. The music and production assistance from Darren Megans. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.